Welcome to the Weight Room Wealth Podcast, where we use neuroscience, exercise science, and creative business strategy to help you condition yourself for success. If you like what you hear in this show, go to weightroomwealth.com and start learning the science of success for free with our free video masterclass. I'm your host, Sean Light. Now let's get to the show. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Weight Room Wealth Podcast, streaming live here on Twitter Spaces. We'll be going live here on Twitter Spaces Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll actually be doing it Thursday as well, but we'll be doing it on a different channel uh, for the Sorry We're Closed podcast. Every podcast that we do here, every live stream that we do here will be available, uh, archived in... Apple's podcasts, Spotify podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, it will be there. So what we wanted to what we wanted to break down today uh, is started reading Ray Dalio's book, The Changing World Order, and it, it's a book that I've actually attempted to read a couple times. I've actually attempted to uh, I've ta- I've attempted to listen to the audio book a few times as well, uh, and. I've just never really had the opportunity to sit down and really digest it. The material in there, like right from the beginning, like when you're reading the introduction, you can tell how uh, in-depth it's going to be. And I wanted to make sure I gave it its, its, I guess, its due diligence. So that's where we're at now. And we're just starting to dive into it. And yesterday, I, I popped onto, the, onto YouTube where he has a couple videos over overviewing all of his concepts and the things that he's talking about. And I just thought it was... Uh, it really started to get me interested and intrigued, especially given the fact that what we do here is so neuroscientifically based. Uh, you can, when you start understanding what he's talking about here, you can see that neuroscience and psychology, like these are the things that are are the biggest players uh, in the cycles and the and the challenges that he's dealing with uh, on a day to day basis in terms of investing. So, you know, one of the a few years ago, one of the books. It's not really a book, but it's just an essay about by Ralph Waldo Emerson that I was reading. Is he's talking about history and he's talking about self reliance. And one of the key concepts that he talks about is that uh, you have the capability, you have the power, you have the talent to solve any problem that has ever been solved, any problem that is currently being solved, or any problem that is going to eventually be solved. And the way that I understood this was from a neuroanatomical perspective. We all have the same brain. This is what I was tweeting about today in my in my daily thread, is we all have the same brain with all of the same anatomical structures, and all of those anatomical structures have the exact same functions and processes. My neocortex and your neocortex has the same function. Uh, my medulla oblongata has the same function as yours. This is why neurosurgery can work. If I opened up a brain, if I'm a neurosurgeon, and I cut open somebody's skull, and it's different every single time I go in there, well, then Surgery is going to be—it's going to be a crapshoot because we have no idea what to do. We can't have processes. It's going to be customized for each individual. I never know what I'm going to get when I go in there. But the reason that medicine works, the reason that surgery works, the way that the reason so much of uh, what we do works, including marketing, including investing, is because we already know what it's, what's going to happen. We know what's under the hood when we when we open up the skull. We know what the heart's going to look like when we do heart surgery. We know what the veins. We know where everything is. Uh, and because of that. You and I have the same power. We have the same function. We have the same ability to solve, to 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 problem solve. Uh, and you know, 
you and I have the same same power and capacity as an Elon Musk, as a Jeff Bezos. We all have the same brains. We all have the same functions. They all do the same things. Our unique individual experience through life is different, uh, which changes the way things are functioning. It changes our defaults and our patterns. But we all have relatively this. We have we have it's not relatively. We actually do have the same exact brain. Uh, we have the same exact functions and those things. And when you see that. What I, what's really interesting to me there is that if we have the same brains with the same parts and the same functions, most likely those brains are going to produce roughly the same thoughts. And it reminds me of, I, was, I think it was last fall, I was walking down along the Hudson River as I do here. We're here in New York City. I'm right across the river in, in, on the Jersey side. And we're walking, when you're just walking down, strolling through the river, or strolling, not through the river, but by the river. And I just, I'm like observing people and it was the fall and everybody's excited was wearing like the same like brown, you know, fall festive colors. Everyone's got their pumpkin spice lattes, their vests on. And, and when I'm looking around, I'm just watching pockets of the same things like moms playing with their kids, people running with their dogs, uh, people, you know, exercising and people running. And uh, there, while there are a variety of different things that people are focusing on, they really fall into one of several buckets that have just been around for a long time. I was reading another book. I think it came from the book, The Fourth Turning. And they gave a, a newspaper passage from the 1800s or the 1700s uh, that it sounded like it was. It might as well have been off the New York Times 2023. It was the exact same thing. I just got the same vibe when I was listening to uh, when I was reading the Benjamin Franklin autobiography, as he talks about uh, the challenges with the procrastination, the, the challenges with financially at the time, the challenge with po- uh, politics and politicians at the time. And again, it's the same. We're, we're watching the same movie play out over and over and over again. So when I pick up this book by Ray Dalio, the really crazy thing about it is he invests, he researched the past 500 years of human history because what he's trying to do is trying to figure out economically you know, where are we at and where are the places to invest? And by looking at history, we can get a greater idea of like what's going to happen in the future. Because as Ray says, history doesn't repeat itself. It rhymes. The same thing happens over and over and over again. So I'm reading this book and I'll, I'll, I'll readily admit that I'm by no means an expert on this. I think I've read like 38 pages. I've been involved with Ray's stuff for a while. So I have a, I have a grasp of what's going on. Uh, but what I'm going to do here is I'm going to do my best to kind of organize my thoughts and opinions. Not, not really opinions, but just my thoughts on his philosophy, how, how the brain is really tied into it, and then what we can do to fix it. So... What he's describing in this book, the the changing world order, is he's just he's trying to show us where America's at in terms of like the American empire in the world, but at a at a at a more granular level, he's showing us how like the different cycles of the economy. He's showing how credit is how how credit is issued, how interest rates work, uh, how the printing of money works, and my big conclusion to it all is that the reason that cycles the cycles of debt the cycles of credit the cycles of the economy happen the way that they do is entirely rooted in human nature when incomes are up when credit is up 
the economy is up, people are spending. At some point, we are spending more money than we have. We're spending on credit, and eventually, we can't pay that credit back. So that's when we start. That's when that's when like the bubble bursts, and they have to lower interest rates. They have to print more money so that you can start paying back your paying back your. Uh, debts. As the debts come down, you human nature compels us. Now we feel like we have all this extra money and all this extra spending power, and now we can go out and we can spend more money. And the cycle continues over and over and over again. And my big conclusion was that the reason that people get into these difficult times is because they can't control themselves in terms of spending less and producing more. Ironically, last week when we talked about uh, Benjamin Franklin's two rules of wealth, it was industry and frugality. Industry, waste no time. Productivity, right? Uh, frugality was spend less than you earn. It's, 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 it, this is literally exactly what Benjamin Franklin was talking about in 1757 when he wrote The Way to Wealth. This is what Ray Dalio was saying has been happening over the last 500 years. So very clearly, we're on to something here where these cycles are occurring because humans can't get out of their own way. Now, it's really easy for us to sit here and say, uh, it's very easy for us to sit here and, and say like, okay, produce more and spend less. Like These are the very clear things that if you're able to follow those two principles, you can hedge yourself against the human the natural cycles that are occurring in the economic world that have been happening for 500 years have been happening probably for longer than I know he, he goes way back and he starts like the old ancient uh, Chinese dynasties he's looking at these as well he's looking at the currencies and here's the deal like we can't really predict what's going to happen in the future but if the things have been happening the same way for the last 500 to a thousand to two thousand years who are we to say that it's not going to happen the same way going forward? There's a book published uh, in 1996. It was called The Fourth Turning. 1996, okay? In 1996, it made these four predictions based on this exact cycle of history, having analyzed the exact same things and trying to see uh, what's and trying to do our best guess to predict the future. So 1996, or 25 years ago, uh, this book predicts that number one, a global terrorist group, a, to a global terrorist group is going to blow up an aircraft. Number two, it says an impasse over the federal budget reaches a, a stalemate, triggering a government shutdown. Number three, growing anarchy through the former Soviet republics prompt Russia to conduct training exercises around its borders. And number four, the CDC is going to announce a new communicable virus. So obviously, all four of these things came true. Okay, and in 1996, if we're able to predict what's going to happen that that accurately based off of historical trends, isn't it fair to say that there's a fairly large percent chance that we're going to be able to do the same thing for the next quarter century, for the next 50 years, for the next 100 years? When you look at the events that are happening today, if you read this book for the fourth turning, if you read Ray Dalio's book, you can kind of see that what's happening today is zero deviation off of the historical trends. It's the same thing happening over and over and over again. So again, the challenge is is finding a way to debunk and hedge yourself against the natural human tendencies that we all have that are pre-built into our brain. They've been built into our brain for thousands and thousands of years. Evolution certainly isn't going fast enough for us to 
experience in any difference really in our lifetime. So we have to find a way to hedge ourselves against that uh, today so that our personal economy can can boom and flourish in any economic time. It's one of Ray Dalio's big principles is his all-weather portfolio. It's why he's been able to have become to build the biggest hedge fund in all of history, Bridgewater Associates. So what I first want you to understand is that human nature is 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 the root of all of these cycles. What we think, what we're compelled to do, overspending, uh, being lazy, these are all natural compulsions of the human psychology, of the human neuro- neurology. We're, com- we're always, we know this, we know this, we know this. We know that we are compelled to take the path of least resistance. We know that we are compelled to procrastinate. We're compelled to think about the worst because we're, we're our body is wired for survival. It is wired to do the thing that is the least threatening to our world. So when we understand that human nature is at the root of these economic troubles, what we need to then be able to do is find a way to hedge ourselves against that human nature. So first and foremost, what I want you to see is that productivity is the answer. If you're able to produce at a high level, if you are able to start producing more, you that is the ultimate hedge against this human nature, this these economic rises and falls and these cycles that have been happening over the last 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 years. If you are able to produce and consistently raise your level of productivity, then you really don't have to worry about the economic times because you're just always going to be out there producing, doing things, producing goods and services that people are going to invest in. And you will always have a personal economy that is coming back to you. Back to you. Now, of course, this is a simplified deal. Like There's a lot of things that can go into your ability to produce, your ability to influence, your ability to sell things, your ability to you know, manage yourself, manage a team, all those things. There's, of course, other layers to that, but productivity is the foundation of all of that. Ray's talking about the the gross domestic product throughout the throughout the book. He's talking about the GDP, which is how we measure productivity uh, in in a nation, right? The GDP of America is the amount of goods produced, the final goods that have been produced and sold to the consumer. Productivity is the thing that we need to 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 build in order to in order to hedge yourself against it. If you think about any of the challenging times, if we look really granular, we look at your individual life, and we think about all the challenging times that have occurred throughout your life, what has been the outcome of it? As long as you keep trying to grow and keep trying to get better, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this Twitter space right now, obviously that's you. So when you get into those difficult spots, what is the inevitable outcome as you continue to press and try and grind and hustle to get up to that next level and overcome that hardship? The, the, the inevitable result is always 10 out of 10, 100% of the time, it is increased productivity. You are more talented. You are more skilled. You work harder. That is really the nature and the and the the and what we're trying to get out of the hardship. So if we look at that, your kind of path from, from zero to wherever you are right now, the straight line up is productivity, your, impo- your improved, imp- increased output throughout your life. So that's where we're trying to get you to do. Now, if we add spend less than you earn on top of that, well, now you're going in both directions at the absolute most max speed that you can go into. And now you've created a personal economy that is that is winning at an extremely high level. So there's two things that we've covered so far. Number one is that human nature is at the root of all economic downturns, okay? At the same time, based on the way that the economies and governments are set up, 
it is like the 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 government is is going to allow you to be the the natural human being that you are and it's going to allow it's going to get you to the point where you can spend more but that human nature kicks in and it is going to produce that economic downturn the great depressions the recessions all of those things are as a result of spending more than you're earning and not being as productive as with respect to how much that you're spending so human nature is at the root of all economic troubles Number two is that productivity, increased productivity is the ultimate hedge against any of that. So if that's the case, we've got to look at the productivity. Last week we talked about we talked about productivity and the biggest the biggest reason that people aren't productive is again, we're wired to be lazy, we're wired to be fearful, where we are wired for indecision to keep our options open and we're wired to procrastinate and do those things. And if that's the case, we've got to get inside of our brain to rewire and reconfigure it so that we are more compelled for action and work than we are for procrastination. When I first uh, left the Lakers, I came home and I was, you know, I had whatever, a couple thousand dollars uh, in the bank account getting ready to uh, start my business. And, I, you know, to be honest, like I was playing a ton of video games uh, and I was having a great time doing it. But at some point I reached this critical spot where I was like, you know, Sean, you know, you're not doing what you're supposed to do in order to grow this business. You know, you're not selling, you're not marketing, you're not working hard enough. And yet you still every single day wake up and you continue to play video games. And I had this like come to Jesus moment sitting on my couch at like 430 in the morning. And I started thinking about like, why is it that I'm so compelled to procrastinate to put these important things off? And I'm literally doing harm to myself with, you know, and I'm and I'm knowingly doing it. And I just kept asking why and why and why. And eventually i came to the conclusion, I was like, there's something in my brain that is compelling me to do this versus that. Like, it's compelling me. I want to play the video games and it's saying, don't do that. It's saying there's more pleasure here and there's more pain here. It's an easy decision neurologically. And I said, if that's the case, if I can just somehow get a hold of my brain, if I can just master that, if I can rewire it, if I can make myself want to work and not want to do the video games, that should that should be as possible as it is to have created the circuits that I created in the first place. So I went all in and I was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. I bought, first, bought, first book I bought was How to Own Your Mind by Napoleon Hill. Then I started bringing out my old, bringing out my old neo, uh, neocortex neuroscience neurology books from back when I was working in the MBA and started really understanding how the brain works, how it creates new connections, how it myelinates those connections, how it does all of those things from a neuroscientific perspective. Uh, and once I started learning that, I started creating this formula of how to actually master your brain to create your own personal economy. And that's where I'm at today with Weight Room Wealth. That's what we do. So I want to give you three things that you should be doing every single day in order to Hedge yourself against these natural human tendencies that are creating these economic downturns, not only in your personal economy, but in the global economy and our national economy as well. So the first thing I want to say that I want to encourage you to do is to do hard things. When you do hard things, you are actively building the muscle that is opposing those natural destructive human tendencies, the procrastination, the fear, the doubt, the indecision. If I just go to the gym, if I meditate, uh, if I eat better, right? If I, you know, if I journal, whatever it is, whatever the things, do anything consistently. Those are difficult to do. Those are things that are against the herd mentality. 
if you if you consistently do hard things, hold yourself accountable, you will build the muscle of wealth. You will build the muscle. You will build the hedge, your own personal hedge fund against those natural human tendencies. The second thing I think you should do is I think you should start writing down your thoughts. When I meditate, one of the, I'm not really trying to clear my mind. One of the first things I want to do is I just want to see what thoughts are coming into my head. I want to be aware of my own thoughts so that when I sit down and I have one of those thoughts of, you know, don't do the work, procrastinate, be lazy. I know what that is. I know that's just a faulty connection, a faulty neural circuit inside of my brain that I'm trying to deconstruct, right? But if you're unaware of those things, they're governing your life subconsciously. So if you just sit down to journal every day and, you know, start writing down these crazy thoughts that you're having, uh, it'll it will allow you to become more aware and stop those thoughts in their tracks. I used to I, I had a conversation years ago with a sleep scientist, and he told me that one of the reasons that people have such a hard time sleeping is because it's the first time of the day that they are alone with their thoughts. And if you think about that, it's true. You're in any down moment in your day. You're on your phone. You're talking to somebody you're you know you never have a moment I, I was on the train coming back from Madison Square Garden like two years ago and I remember seeing every single person on the subway ride, car doing something on their phone or occupying their mind in some way they're not thinking so when they close their eyes and they put their phone down it is the first time you're alone with your thoughts all day and they can certainly get crazy on you so what we're advocating for is the mastery over your psychology the mastery over your neuroscience your neurology so that you can dictate what thoughts rule and where where it, you will be subconsciously and naturally compelled to based on the connections that you intentionally create inside of your brain. And the last thing I'm going to say is that you should just step your game up. And I'm not talking about, you know, corny, you know, pregame speech type stuff. I'm talking about the chemical signals that get released in your brain when you wear your favorite, you know, shoes. I remember I was on a, I had a conversation with a, with a client two, three years ago. And one of the first thing I told him to do was he had to wear his best shoes to work every day. No flip-flops, no sandals. He was a personal trainer working from home. And we started saying, like, you got to wear your Air Jordans to work every single day. Because he's like, when I wear them, I feel like I got my shit together. I feel like I'm more, I feel like a better person. And you can't afford not to feel like that. I have Ryan Serhan, the billionaire, bazillionaire real estate guy here in New York City, he talks about the suits that he wears. And how when he wears them, it's like putting on a costume and he feels like a more powerful person. And every single one of us has the good pair of pants, the good shoes, the good jeans, uh, that when we put them on, we feel better, we feel more special, we feel more productive, we feel like we're more successful. You can't afford to not be releasing those chemical signals of emotion inside of your body on a day-to-day -day basis. The chemicals, we are, man, I wish I could remember the... I think it's from Atlas Shrugged, where the quote is, man is just a collection of conditioned chemicals. So... You want to make sure that when you when you eat better food, when you're more productive, when you are wearing the suits, when you're spritzing on some cologne, when you're doing your hair in the morning, when you're not wearing sweats, these are ways that you can intentionally release the chemicals of success. And when you release the chemicals of success, I know it kind of sounds cheesy, but there are literal chemicals being released inside of your body when you are feeling those feelings. And those chemicals, the goal and the role of those chemicals is to reinforce an action, reinforce behavior, and behavior ultimately creates the, the end result. So if you're releasing those chemicals, 
on a daily basis, you're literally changing, you're becoming the successful person from the inside out before the event has a chance to happen. And when you eventually become that person and have those compulsions of success and hedging against these natural tendencies that are destroying your personal economy, the game's over. You are that person and the result is automatic. What do you think about that? I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope, I think we did a pretty good job of keeping things really nice and clear. Um, and as always, everything's going to be, if you want to go back and listen to this, it'll be on uh, Weight Room, the Weight Room Wealth Podcast, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, and we'll be, we'll be back here all the time. Tweet at me, whatever you want. Let's, let's, let's get a discussion going. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you back here for the next episode of the Weight Room Wealth Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Weight Room Wealth Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into the science of achievement, head on over to weightroomwealth.com and get started for free. Don't forget to drop us a rating and subscribe so we can continue to bring you amazing guests and help more people. I'm Sean Light, and I will see you in the next episode. Mm